Today's episode of The Wretched Hive is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com forward slash hive. That's H-I-V-E. There's over 180,000 titles to choose from on your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or any other MP3 player that you might have. Welcome to The Wretched Hive Podcast. I got a bad feeling about this. Moss Eisley Spaceport. What are you talking about? You will never find the more wretched hive of scum and villainy. This is ridiculous. We must be cautious. Actually, we're just a bunch of guys talking about Star Wars and other stuff. I'm looking forward to having some real talk with some real folks. That's good news. I like the sound of that. So last week, original trilogy canon was changed. It was. And we're going to share everything we know about it because you have found the Wretched Hive podcast for Friday, March 30th, 2018, episode number 58 of the show. My name is Steve Baldwin, and most of the Hive is with me tonight. We're going to start off, as always, with the Wookiee co-pilot, Greg Lent. Stevie B, man, it's good to be here again this week. I am so excited this week because this past weekend, in the world of gaming, and I'm talking board gaming, not talking video gaming, a new, brand new Star Wars property was released called Star Wars Legion. Ooh. It's a miniatures game. It's a tabletop miniatures game. Uh, it's uh, it's it's rebels against stormtroopers, and it looks fucking great. I just gotta say, is it uh, is it figures the like the ships and and men also, or what like what is it? What do the pieces uh, look like? So the starter set comes with your your standard Darth Vader, your standard Luke Skywalker. Okay. It comes with a uh, a group of rebel troopers, a group of stormtroopers, and then you also get on the Empire side, you get the speeder bikes, like from mm. Endor speeder mm. bikes. And on the Rebel side, you have, they call it an ATRT. It looks like a, a tiny little little uh, uh, ATST with a guy riding on top of it, is what it looks like. Hmm. So it's very cool. The miniatures are awesome. <laughs> Go to fantasyflightgames.com. Check out the minis. <clears throat> they look phenomenal. And have you ordered it yet? I have. I haven't gotten it yet. All right. I, pre- I, I pre-ordered it back in, like, December. So Awesome. We still need to do that game night at your place, man. It's been a while. Yeah. Been, I've got tons of games. Tons too of them. long. Also on the show tonight, he is a lifelong Star Wars fan, Scott Ivansky. Thank you so much. Uh, I'm so happy to be here. I am still a lifelong fan, even after the release of The Last Jedi. I'm still happy that we're uh, we're making more movies. We're getting more uh, series. I'm happy. I'm excited. So which copy did you end up buying? I am proud to say that I do not own a single copy. Wow. Bullshit. Except for that one. Fake news. <laughs> Seriously? Seriously. I wow, am, you're sticking to your guns on that, huh? I am. Scott is in mourning for the loss of Don the Beachcomber, everybody, so I am not <laughs> surprised that uh, I, that he mm. has not purchased the, the Last Jedi yet because the man is literally dressed in black in mourning mm. and will be at least until Saturday night. Dress in black with your scum and villainy cantina t-shirt on That's tonight. Right. It is black. It is a black <laughs> it is shirt. Black. Uh, definitely not on the show tonight is the captain of the Millennial Falcon. He is working again yes. tonight, so he is unable. He sends his regards. He's unable to be on the show tonight. And uh, Nico, keep up the good work, man. You're doing, I think, I think, you're doing the Lord's you work know, there. 
it was it was two weeks ago that that I I told you guys he got it was his birthday and he got into a little bit of trouble because of the sweet sweet chowder. You remember that? Mm, you remember yeah, that was the that was the thing. So this week, um, <laughs> I, I'm sorry to say. I'm sorry to say that that he was smoking a joint and the joint was laced with a mixture of cat litter and soy sauce. And the kids are calling it Brown Christmas, is what they're calling it. <laughs> and so what happened is he's all drug, drugged up. He gets stuck into a sauna and five guys shine lights into his eyeballs and tell him that he's trapped on the sun. And he just freaked him out. So, <laughs> so he'll be back soon. Wait, what was that again? <laughs> was It was Brown what? Brown Christmas, guys. Brown Christmas. Brown Christmas. Yes. Oh, my God. Isn't that <laughs> what... Every December twenty fifth. Damn! Did you? Oh my god! Wow. Really? I do you get a I'm dirty sorry. Sanchez from smoking a brown Christmas, or am I mixing my references? Wow! Ah, oh, man, I'm sweating already. And finally, you think I'm funny? We have. What do you mean I'm funny, Dave? You know, maybe it's me. Maybe I'm a little fucked up here. Under. No circumstances. I'm funny how? Funny like a clown? Should you ever. Do I amuse you? And I mean... I'm here to fucking amuse you? Ever! <laughs> what do you mean funny? How am I funny? Call him. You know, let me tell you a story. Harry. Get the fuck out of here. Potter. <laughs> Well done. Greg, Greg is just getting more and more unhinged as this progresses. Uh, yes. Yeah. I can't wait till we get to episode 100. That's going to be crazy. Oh, jeez. Oh. We're, we're getting close. We're on 58 plus 15 or so mini episodes, so we're getting close. He's getting gonna... close. Well, hey, good morning, good oh. afternoon, good evening to you wherever, whenever, and however you are listening to us. We are 4x4 four four tonight, not 5x5. Five five. I'm very happy to be back here. I was a bit under the weather, weather and exhausted last uh, time around, but uh, I didn't think anybody would appreciate me on laryn- you know, with bad laryngitis trying to rasp my way through an hour and a half of this. So thank you for indulging and letting me back on the show. But uh, I am excited because unlike Scott, I did pick up my copy of The Last Jedi, Ooh, 4K. 4K. Very excited to watch that. He's yeah, holding 4K, it up on, motherfuckers. Hold, hold that up again. He's holding it up in the in front of his camera. We're on Skype here so we can see it. Oh, that looks nice. That is Mr. Fancy Pants right there. Is it unwrapped? Is it unwrapped? No, it's not unwrapped. It is still in the wrapper. We're still protected. Unlike Donald Trump and Stormy Daniels, it's still wrapped. <laughs> yes! Nicely well done. Played. Well played, sir. Well played. Ooh. Well, if you've ever been unwrapped with Stormy Daniels, uh, give us a call and and that's, that is <laughs> tell us inappropriate. all about it. Uh, call the Wretched Hive hotline at 562-455-4483. That's 562-455-HIVE. Steve, all the uh, all the hotlines are they're lit up, man. That's, we are, we've got a lot of people calling that's in. That's H-I-V-E. And why do we spell that, uh, Dave? In case you can't spell hi. That's exactly right. And you can find us on social media, facebook.com forward slash Wretched Hive Podcast on Twitter at Wretch Hive Pod. Uh, we've got a couple of announcements before we get into the news. First is, uh, if you haven't done this yet, you need to mark your calendars. We're getting closer to May the 4th. May the 4th be with you, if you will. And uh, on May the 3rd, to get you guys fired up, for Star Wars Day on May the 4th, May the 3rd at Timeless Pints, it's the podcast strikes back, Star Wars trivia, 
featuring the Wretched Hive podcast. We will be there at Timeless Pints in Lakewood, California, 7 p.m. You will not want to miss this. Round two of Star Wars trivia. First time around, it was a blast, Scott. Yeah. Oh, it was amazing. Great, great crowd. Uh, Seriously. Super great crowd. Quick question. Will you guys be wearing underwear this time? Uh, I never wear underwear, first hmm. of all. I will not be wearing anything. I <laughs> Uh, I will be wearing my Luke Skywalker underoos. Mm. Excellent. And Good I may choice. I may actually wash them this time. Oh, yeah. great. Um, another announcement. This this That's one just how I like you guys. That's just how I like. <laughs> uh, this one I'm super excited about. We're not quite ready, but we're gonna just pimp this a little bit right now. Uh, we are developing an app for the show. And when you say we, we we have a team of highly paid, highly professional app developers that are men who top men. Right, exactly. And they are developing an app for us. So uh, hopefully by the next episode, we will have this on the Apple and maybe even the Android store. Now, I, I Steve, I have seen a prototype. Yes, I'll of, have you. Of this app. Have you? And I would like to say that the that? developers are far more advanced than the cutting-edge crew of Windows ME. <laughs> Amazing work. I think they built it on top of Windows 98 uh, infrastructure edi- and technology. Second, second yes. edition yeah. was the best. Solid stuff. Solid Great. stuff. Great. Was that the one with the Jennifer Aniston and Matthew Perry like introduction VHS tape that was out there? <laughs> it might, might have been, yes. <laughs> Uh, so we, we will have a formal announcement of the uh, the Wretched Hive podcast app coming soon to a downloadable file near you. I'm excited about it. That's very exciting. It's going to be very fun. And yeah. in the meantime, we've got some news to cover. From ABC News World Headquarters, this is ABC World News Tonight. <laughs> No, it's not. It's Star Wars news with the Wretched Hive. So be it. Well, we we share Star Wars stories with each other over uh, the old Facebook Messenger and texting. And there was a ton this week, a ton of stories shared by our crack research team of researchologists. And um, in translation, Dave. Is that a word? Yeah, I Researchologist. Yes, I'm I just made it sure, up. I'm yeah. pretty sure Steve is drunk at this point. I'm pretty I, sure. <laughs> I am high on life, people. What are you Woo. talking about? I am I am high on life. Our is f- that like a brown Christmas? <laughs> we, we've got researchologists all over, guys. Oh all over. Am I slurring my... Am I, <laughs> Not at all. Am I slurring my... Head? Not at all. Okay. Nope. Uh, first story up tonight, guys. Phil Lord and Chris Miller back in the news... Who are those guys? Well, they were they were lined up to direct a little Star Wars movie called Solo. Hmm. I don't know if you've heard of it. Now they're so, so. gone. <laughs> <laughs> Kathleen Kennedy gave them the old axe. Um, well, I don't know what about six months ago did Ron Howard take over? Oh yeah, it was. It's been longer than that. It was June. It was June. June. It was last summer. Yeah. Uh, well, Phil Lord and Chris Miller have been credited as executive producers on Solo, a Star Wars story. This uh, widely reported, I'm reading on comicbook.com, Miller told the Glass Animation Festival audience, um, I guess he was presenting at said festival, says, we are really proud of the many contributions we made to that film, Miller told the Glass audience, 
In light of the creative differences, we elected to take an executive producer credit. The ironic thing was the uh, the Glass Awards production team fired them before they actually finished the <laughs> <laughs> finished the uh, the nomination. You know, and the nominees are very rough. Oh, they just got full full on yeah. Kanye right in the middle of their acceptance speech. They're Pretty like, much. "I'm gonna let you finish," but uh... <laughs> oh my god. Uh, so I think this was done through arbitration. I, I believe that they went to the table and decided that rather than having a co-director credit for the film, they, um, are getting executive producer credit, which is not a bad deal. Um, and the word is that Ron Howard re reshot all of their stuff. It's the same script, but Ron Howard has basically reshot the, the whole movie is what I read this week. Yeah. So I, I don't know if it was actually arbitration okay. i i got the impression from the reporting that they voluntarily kind of looked at their options and said we'll we'll take the the ep we'll take the ep credit to avoid the arbitration i see and and if i'm right on that that means they are either a very generous big-hearted people who just want to avoid you know being a big stink and being a big pain in the ass for sake of creative relationships going forward or b uh, they knew they would lose the arbitration because if I've read all the rules correctly, and Ron Howard really did reshoot eighty percent of the movie, and that's what was used, he would he would win the arbitration and get sole director credit. Yeah. Boom. Got it. Mm. Well, uh, there has been some controversy tied to this because in the wake of the announcement what? from yeah from Lord and Miller, an anonymous actor. I always love it when it, the source is anonymous. Anonymous. Right? So yes. so take this for what it is, but. The fake this, news. This was reported um, that this anonymous actor is actually quoted. He says, uh, Phil and Chris are good directors, but they weren't prepared for Star Wars, said the anonymous source. After the 25th take, the actors are looking at, at each other like, this is getting weird. They seem a bit out of control. Uh, they definitely felt the pressure with one of these movies. Uh, there are so many people on top of you all the time. The first assistant director was really experienced and had to step in and help them direct a lot of scenes. Chris Miller responded simply with a tweet, maybe don't believe everything you read. So, hmm. yeah. take it for what it is, but uh, either way, they are exec producing uh, Solo, A Star Wars Story that's due out in less than a month. I don't so know I, how much credence I put into this anonymous source here. Mm -hmm. um, only, only because has has this guy seen any of the movies that these guys have made and and been through their process of how they actually do things? Not that I have, but I've you know I've heard stories and and it it sounds like they were making the movie the way they've made their other movies yeah. and the, the way a lot of people make movies nowadays. So I don't know. Yeah. The the only thing that gives me pause about it, you know, again, from my extensive experience, you know, in the Screen Actors Guild and having been in multiple motion pictures and TV shows and particularly a couple of Gordon <laughs> Miller projects, you know, along alongside Greg Lent. But if if they got to the twenty fifth take on something and we're still going and that's yeah. the point where the actors were like, This is getting weird, I I I honestly feel like if you're getting to take seven and eight yeah. It's it's a grind and it's killer because as a performer, it takes a lot of energy to be up for every shot. Even if you're doing it differently every time, it takes a lot of energy to be up for it, and you're just gonna lose it 
after you know well before you get to take 25 yeah long long before you get there so yeah, no doubt Concepti- conceptually the game the guy may have a point that it was too much improv style and too loose and too many takes but oh yeah we went to 25 takes on every shot no i call specific bullshit on that anonymous actor source yeah i'm 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 in your corner on this dave but i do want to say that there are certain directors out there that will I mean, really just ride their actors to the point of doing multiple takes, not to the extent of, I would say, 25 takes. But I've I've yeah. read some interviews where directors will do that to bring out some emotion in their actors. And it, it is grueling what I've heard some certain actors, some uh, certain directors that we do talk about on this show have had uh, a notorious reputation for doing that kind of stuff. So, oh, um, oh yeah. But 25, and, and we know just based off of the way that social media works nowadays, Lord Miller have been really out there and open with a lot of their stuff. You know, we kind of know how they direct. And I agree, Greg, you mentioned that. We kind of know how they do their stuff. So, Well, this anonymous source BS, though, that that's what bugs me about this. You know, I, yeah. I kind of... I kind of feel bad for them. I mean, they were, you know, they were cocky and maybe they weren't prepared. Maybe they were, who the hell knows. But if you're going to, if you're going to say something like that in the media, that's going to be quoted everywhere, have the guts and the courage to, you know, to out yourself. Why hide behind it? Anonymous. It's, 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 I don't know. I don't get it. Well, if this guy, if this person is an actual person, yeah, that, that could really, that could basically blacklist that person. Because I don't think yes. the, the person's mm-hmm. intent is to be cruel. I think they're trying to be honest about what they feel they saw or witnessed. But if they did out themselves, like you say, that could be some serious backlash for them. I guess. Because yeah, generally speaking, you try to keep the creative process closed. So it can be an, an open and truly collaborative right. and creative process. I think that's why, you know, not to pick the the scab off the wound here but i think that's why mark hamill shows genuine remorse for having said some of the things that he did so publicly about his reactions to the last jedi script and he wishes he maybe had kept those those comments in the family instead of instead of in the press yeah that's a great point he flat out has come out has come out and and said that and we've actually got a story a little bit later uh, Mark was all over the news again this week, um, and that's one of the things he expressed his his remorse again about the comments he made. So yeah, I get that, but then don't say it. Yeah, then that, just that don't, I agree with. I, you don't I have to broadly, hide behind on anonymity. Yeah, no, it it broadly fits into the narrative that I think we all have kind of constructed for what happened here, which is that Lucasfilm hired these guys with the best of intentions to try to get a, a fresher look on it. And after getting into it, kind of realized, well, shit, this was a really bad idea. These aren't two tastes that go great together and shuffled them off stage left. But they're trying to do it. They're trying to do it without it. Yeah, they're trying to do it without actually damaging them. Like they really do mean like, oh, they actually are great guys, but it just didn't work out like a relationship or something. Yeah. Yeah. And and we'll touch on the Luke thing or uh, Mark Hamill thing later Uh, there. I think there is a, a point to be said about what he was actually saying and why he was saying it and who he is as mm-hmm. a person, much like Carrie Fisher. A lot of people didn't like Carrie Fisher's type of humor or the way she spoke honestly about many things because she was very blunt and very open and honest. And that was her, her kind of personality. I think that kind of lends itself to Mark Hamill and the way he yeah, is. Let's, let's not gloss over the fact that she rightly railed against Lucasfilm when they brought her back saying they didn't want Carrie Fisher. They wanted, you know, 75% of Carrie Fisher or something like that. Yes. Inferring mm. that they wanted her to lose a lot of weight, you know? Yeah. And, and how would a comment go like that? And this was only 
three years ago, guys? How would a comment like that go over today? So Right. Yeah. So true. So true. Um, guys, let's move on there. So I, I alluded to this in the in the uh, show open that, uh, guys, we're adding to original trilogy canon as we speak. It is being altered and added to through the Disney machine. And oh, I, I thought we were going to talk about George Lucas re-editing the movies again. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, he's doing that right now, you know, on his Mac <laughs> sitting up in bed. <laughs> I don't alter it any further. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Well done. Uh, no, but I'm talking about the this new series of shorts. Well, it's a I guess it's another round of the same series called Forces of Destiny. They're two to three minute animated shorts. Last year, the ones released were about uh, were focused on the Force Awakens. Uh, these though are fo- there are seven of them that were recent recently released, and they're all over the map in terms of the Star Wars universe. There's a couple that are focused on the original trilogy. There's a couple on the prequels. There's one focused uh, on the Rogue One era. Um, there's one on the Force Awakens with Rey. Uh, but the one I wanted to point out was this um, this one called Bounty Hunted. This is Forces of Destiny, Bounty Hunted, that answers the question, where did Leia get that boosh disguise anyway that she used to sneak into Jabba's palace in an attempt to save Han Solo? And if you watch this short, you actually get the answer. They show how Leia gets the boosh costume. And uh, I I wanted to bring this up with you guys because... You know, this is kind of like Holy Grail stuff for us in terms of Star Wars, even though it is Return of the Jedi. We know how we <laughs> we feel about that movie, but it's still uh, part of the Holy Trilogy. And so what do you think about, um, you know, our, we're, we're getting new canon on the original trilogy, Scott. How does this... I'm I'm judging by the look on your face that you're not happy about this. I, I, I can't even see his face. I can just see his body language, like <laughs> no, half no. of the arms crossed across on his chest. <laughs> Scott, what say you? Okay, hold on, hold on a second. For one second, right. I have not watched these yet. Oh, okay, I'm actually more fixated, and this is something I had a, 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 an issue with when I was much younger when these original trilogy films came out. On uh, on the pronunciation of certain characters, uh, and I'm fixated on how you pronounce this character's name. I've always referred to this character as Bosch, with a little bit of a, a, a like a French thing in there. But you you went with Bouch. Oh, that's interesting. I've never heard that before. I'm, I'm George Bouch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the the, the geek gasm among our listeners over the discussion of how to pronounce this. This name is just deafening right now. Oh, it is absolutely fascinating. You can so, hear their eyes rolling back in their heads. If if I remember correctly, which I don't anymore because alcohol, but <laughs> because you know, alcohol, lots of alcohol. Yeah. Um, I thought that there was an explanation already as oh. to how she got that that uh, outfit, that bounty well, hunter. What outfit. did you think the explanation was? Well, I thought that they had actually captured. The rebel forces had captured that character, that person, and they uh, kept that person uh, long enough to figure out who they were, where they came from, had a background story, and she went and took on that persona and was part of the plan, the one that we're soon to be debating 
the entire Luke plan mm. at the beginning of Return of the Jedi, and that was a part of it. So I wonder if you remember that from the books or the extended universe, possibly? Well, yes. I don't know, because this is now canon. Right. This is that's legit. What's, that's what's fascinating to me, and okay. I'm, now I have to see these videos because, yes, I did read a lot of those. Uh, Tales from Jabba's Palace was one of the great... Uh, short story novels that were out there with uh -huh. multiple stories. I don't think it was in that one, but yeah. it could have come from one of those. I'm fascinated by this. Well, check this out. There's another one of these that uh, is from Empire, and it shows oh, two minutes of Luke and Yoda training together that we have never seen. It's adding to the canon as we speak, you guys. Now I'm wow. curious. I am curious. Yeah. Is it original content that they made up for these shorts, or is it something that they're pulling from that we have not heard of, or maybe have heard of, and we just haven't seen an actual video clip before? That I do not know. I don't know the answer to that question. So if we now have an additional two minutes of Luke training with Yoda, does that double or triple the amount of time he trained on Dagobah? <laughs> <laughs> He's a fast learner. Yeah, and yet, and yet, Ray is the Mary Sue. <laughs> right. Wow, well played. <laughs> so you guys have to go find these, or uh, you find them easily on StarWars.com or YouTube. Uh, Forces of Destiny, uh, good stuff. Interesting. Um, also, talking about adding to the uh, to the canon, the novels. Let's do this. Are blowing up. Yeah, the novels are absolutely blowing up. I saw. One faithful Star Wars fan, it might have been Paul Bateman, who said, I'm not paying any attention to the novels because, as you know, books come and books can go and Lucasfilm can do what they want. I want to see it on screen. But all the new novels we're being told are canon. And so that brings us to the release of the novelization of The Last Jedi. Which I find interesting that it was released after the film was released. Which is different than... Every other the version. Norm, right? Yeah. yeah. It's usually what, three months prior to the film release, which if you're going to go into what I think you're going to go into here, episode one had one of those things where there were scenes that were left out of the film mm. that added so much content. I shouldn't say so much. Added content and depth to that horrible, horrible story. Yeah. Well, according to io9gizmodo.com, uh, uh, the novelization reveals quite a bit more about characters in The Last Jedi than we get on film. So, for instance, we get a story about what Luke dreams about. Was his 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 true wish that he wished he had stayed on Tatooine and and um, married Cammy, uh, the girl that is in the cut scene. Really? Uh, yep, yep, and had uh, little um, Tatooinean babies. Uh, we get Han's funeral Oh, that yep. was cut out of the movie. Or I don't know if it's cut out of the movie. That is fascinating. Because Sorry, I, don't, I think I misspoke there. No, I don't think you did. I think it, would, the, it, was in a, it was in a draft. I don't think it was filmed. Okay. Well, now, hold on a second. There were rumors when the film was first starting to be shot that they were there were uh, leaks of footage that was coming mm -hmm. out. And there was a scene that I think we actually talked about on this show where they were possibly shooting Han's funeral. Well, but I think that turned out to be Canto Bite. Oh, well, I don't know. That's and, that was my take on it. And look what a piece of shit that ended up. Being. <laughs> we yeah, get it. we get more insight on Leia's use of the Force. 
Uh, Instead of Han's funeral, Cantabite was the whole saga's funeral, as I think what that was. If you ask Scotty Vance, what are you doing? (laughs) Greg Greg and I agree on something. I love this. Uh, Um, We get more on Ray and Kylo's connection. And there's a lot of good stuff here. The mystery of uh, uh, Supreme Leader Snoke. Uh, We get a different, uh, more in depth farewell for Leia. Um, and, um, more, more about Luke's sacrifice and, uh, it's, it's, it's going to be really interesting to read this book. Okay. There's a, there's a scene that they talk about that I think would have just wrecked all movie audiences if it had actually been in the movie, but they added a little bit in at the end as they're fleeing on the Millennium Falcon where Leia kind of hugs Chewie and says, it's just us now. Yeah. And if that moment had been in the film, I think that would have just destroyed most uh, most movie audiences. I wow, I don't know, Dave. I don't know how to really take that, but my initial gut feeling is that's powerful, man. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. that that feeling we got when Han and Chewie bust onto the Falcon, and we see it in the trailer for the first time for the Force Awakens. Chewie, that we're home. Seriously, yeah. that made people. That seriously brought in an extra $300 million mm-hmm. at the domestic box office just because so many people were so excited to see that. That's, that's all JJ, too, Dude, by the way. 15 seconds. Yeah. 15 mm-hmm. seconds. And if they would have done that, yeah, it would have been wrenching. It would have been heart-wrenching, but it would have been unbelievable drama in that film. Well, Mark was Mark was making the rounds this week, as he always is, and one of the things that he said was, so they put the scene in of me milking the the sea cow, uh, but they can't put the scene of me in mourning Han. Right. Which is in the deleted scenes, and it's a great moment. Wait, it is? Yeah. If, oh, now he wants to buy it. When, <laughs> when, when, I was going to say, now when, when you buy, buy it. it, maybe you can, maybe I'll, when you yeah. buy your version, I'll let you watch mine. Where's it? How's my go, how's my GoFund page going? Steve's got a copy right now. He could just flip on for Scott and he's not going to. <laughs> Look at that. Can you guys see that? By the way, I will report back. Greg Lent, I took your advice. I bought the digital version and I'm very pleased. No physical media. Yeah. So, brother. I would have bought the digital version, but the no. digital version is in 4K. Oh. Uh, oh, you're going to do me like that, huh? Okay. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, baby, I'm going to do you mm, like that. Baby. Yeah, you like it, don't you? Yeah. For 4K, I mean like a like just just the the 1080p file is is something like 4 gigs, so I can't imagine the size of what a 4K file must be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, it's great, and it, it looks great on my non-4K television. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, yeah, that is a scene where you see Luke sitting at his desk in his hut there, and he has this moment where he's like kind of almost tearing up, and they zoom in on him, and it's a brilliant little scene. And Mark is kind of like, what, they, could, they put the space cow in, but you can't give me 30 seconds to mourn? <laughs> you know? Could it could have been an Oscar choice? Right Interesting, there. yeah. Hey, Mark, Mark Hamill acted his ass off in that movie, and Scott, I know you didn't like it, but I bet you you'd agree with me that he acted his ass off in that movie. Oh no, I I think a lot of the Mark Hamill stuff is actually fascinating. I do have some problems with some of it, but I think Mark Hamill in that film, if you would have added that stuff in, that extra drama, that extra emotion, Jesus Christ! I mean that that would yeah. have pushed me over the edge. Yeah. 
That's see that's but that's the difference. Think about what you just talked about right there. That scene is a moment that is is priceless. It's this moment where you you have real character connection to other characters in a film that's that's well beloved. Yeah. And here we have a moment where he takes a saber that you know his is his saber and he just tosses it over his shoulder. Two totally different emotional reactions right there. I would have loved to have seen that. Yeah. I, I'm in his so, camp. Yeah. Yeah. Because we're talking about it, if if I remember right, because there's been a lot of I would like to say there's been a lot of news articles coming out, but it's just been like little one paragraph things of one sentence of news. And there's just been 10,000 of them over the last two weeks. But yeah. I think I saw an interview with uh, Ryan Johnson where he said the reason he cut out the the reaction to Han's death was that he felt like tonally he also had the reaction with R2 that he thought was just pure gold. And he felt like if I have the Han reaction and then, you know, 10 minutes later you have the R2 reaction, it diminishes that. So I, I'm not saying I agree with it. I'm just saying he made the decision that I'm going to cut the Han reaction so that the R2 reaction isn't isn't diminished. Yeah, it's, you, you got a point there because it's like then you all of a sudden he's super like he's just this super nostalgic, wishy-washy dude. He's like, oh, there's Han. Oh, there's Leia. And then it's like oh, 10 minutes later, oh, there's Yoda, too. And. Yeah, that's a lot of that's uh, yeah. I I see where he's going with that. I, I, I'm not I, yeah. I'm not saying I agree with it, but I he's not. It's not a ridiculous point of view. It's not. But think about those scenes for one second, guys. Just for one second. Let's. I know there's a lot to talk about, but I, I really want to get this out. Take those three moments. You talk about Greg. You said Gre uh, Yoda. You talk about Leia. Okay, so let's use the R2 Leia moment for just one second. And he has this moment where he jokes about some stuff. There's some really kind of offbeat humor in the middle of an emotional moment. If you have him sitting at a desk, it's a powerful emotional moment where he has nobody to play off of and nobody to, to throw a joke at. Because R2, we're all going to love the beeps and the whatever and the wobbling and, and all that stuff. But here he is having a moment. If this is, you said he's at a desk. So no. he's by himself. He has this powerful emotional moment. And that could show you how much it's affecting what he's doing later on through his scenes. He could be having these reactions and, and affecting what he's doing with Ray and, and so on and why he doesn't want to go and help and why he's making these choices. I think that would be that would have been a more powerful scene to leave in and maybe cut down some of the R2 or even the Yoda stuff because uh, Yoda still yeah, has some. I like the Yoda. See, I, I, like I, would, I love the Yoda stuff. I, That's one of the things that I love about this movie is that they brought that character back and I just love Mark's performance with him again Mark Hamill makes Yoda seem real yeah but it seems like there's a split for me on there there is stuff I love about the Yoda scene and then there's stuff that I'm just like why was that a decision to leave that 30 seconds or that 10 seconds in cut it edit it down and make it a little bit tighter and I don't know. Yoda became more of the goofball Yoda that I don't know. And I'm not going to get into it again. I know you guys and I we we all differ on it, but anyway. Ah. Yeah. Well, it's always it was... that irrational fears of puppets, guys. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Clowns uh, and Yoda puppets. Greg, freak him out. I'm in a room with a giant stuffed porg behind me. <laughs> Why? I, do you... I am here to help you, Scott. Help I'm here to help. <laughs> So if you don't like puppets, what about marionettes? Is it just limited to things you have to stick your hand into, or does the marionette freak you out as well? Dude, Captain Scarlet versus the Misterons is the greatest ever, <laughs> ever. I love that. Come on, let's go. 
So we were talking about books. So I think this might be a good time. <laughs> At some to, point, we were <laughs> to bring it back to Star Wars a little bit. And guys, we stick we, in your hand if something's ass. We've got a we've got a s- special. <laughs> That reminds me, I need to get a physical. We've got a special segment on the show tonight, guys. Uh, Back by popular demand, one of our most popular and demanded segments from our fans is Dave's Book Reviews. Sweet! Yep, it's true. Dave Potter here to review today. What are you reviewing tonight, Dave? I don't know, Steve. I didn't read the show notes. What am I reviewing tonight? (laughs) Dave is reviewing... Leia, Princess of Alderaan, by Claudia Gray. It's a new novel. Uh, it's not that new anymore. <laughs> it's uh, well, it came, when did it come out? It came out last year, it came uh, last out summer. The movie did. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, it's it's new to us because Dave finished it, and I'm halfway through. So, uh, Dave, guys, Dave, without spoilers, give us your review of Leia, Princess of Alderaan. What did you think of that book? Without spoilers. Without huge spoilers, yes, please. I liked it. No, and I'm that was Dave's <laughs> book review. Alright, let me let me let me let me talk about this a little bit. So it, I did like it. I actually I really liked it. What this book is about, without getting too spoilerific, is it's another story set in that kind of wonderful time frame of before episode four and before Rogue One. And it's telling a story of Leia and how she learned that her parents were instrumentally involved with the rebellion and how Leia became conscious of the rebellion against the Empire and started to make those those life choices as a teenager, basically, to, you know, what side is she going to be on? Is it going and is she going to be on the side because it's her parents or or anything else? And it's very, very well crafted, very, very well done. I really enjoy it. But. This is my caveat on it, and I was trying to think how to explain what my reaction to most of these new canon books are compared to some of the older canon ones. For the most part, I haven't read one yet that I'm. my reaction is, this is a book that I would give to somebody to convince them that they are, you know, that they can be a Star Wars fan, that it would be interesting to them, or that if they're just somebody that likes the movies, that this is a, a book that will convince you to start to read the books as well. Mm. This is this is still in that cat. It's still not in that category. And when I describe those books, I'm thinking about you know pretty much anything Zahn wrote in the old abandoned expanded universe stuff. None of the newer books really hit that mark, and it's predominantly because they're trying to, in my opinion, explain how things happened. Like it's a trap that the prequel trilogy fell into. We all knew Anakin Skywalker was going to become Darth Vader, so it just becomes a story of how it happened, and there's not a lot of suspense in it. We all know that Leia is going to wind up being an instrumental person in the Rebellion, so there's there's not a lot of suspense in it, but it fills in a lot of gaps for us. I mean, we do, you know, without being too spoilerific, we find out how she met Holdo, and how those characters met and started a friendship, and it answers a lot of other questions that kind of tie into what's going on in The Last Jedi. One thing that they did that I will spoil... The, just shamelessly, there is a sequence that is absolutely fantastic that involves Leia going to Naboo. And it is just wonderful to see that character unknowingly, completely unknowingly, 
on the planet that her real mother came from. And we as the reader are kind of in on that, and nobody else in the book is, except for, of course, Bale, Organa, and his wife. That sounds fantastic. That sounds really cool. Yeah, and Claudia Gray is a wonderful, wonderful writer, and I love reading a book about a female protagonist that's actually written by a woman. I know that's not a new thing, but I think it's a rarer thing than it really should be in this day and age. And I really enjoy reading both that and Bloodline. I, they're, they're bookend, if you'll pardon the expression, stories of Leia right before, you know, Bloodline is Leia right before The Force Awakens, and this one is Leia, you know, pretty much right before Episode Four. Yeah, I, I agree with your assessment of the book. I'm not quite done with it yet. So, um, and I, I did know that she, there was a scene with her, uh, a sequence of her at, on Naboo. What I love about this book is that you get to spend quite a lot of time on Alderaan and with, you do. and with Bale and you really get to know him. And I forget the wife's name, Brea. I think, yeah, something, I'm not sure how to pronounce something it, close to yeah, that, something like that. Uh, and it, it's really cool to see the family dynamic and, I agree with uh, with having read Bloodline as well. You know, I didn't really think I was going to really enjoy the Leia books as much. I'm not sure why. Maybe she's just, I mean, I, I love Carrie Fisher, but Leia and will she'll always be my princess. But I there's other Star Wars stories and characters that I figured I like more. I'm turning out to like these the best. I really love these two books and I'm with you. Um, Claudia Gray can, um, she's got some skills and I, I really enjoy it and uh, I, I've enjoyed it so far and um, I'm looking forward to finishing it. So it's good stuff. Highly recommend. Yeah. I will also say Leia's interactions with Tarkin in the book are just fantastically written. Yeah. You just get a sense of how creepy and evil that man really was, that character really was. And you also get a really strong sense of just how pervasive the Empire really was at that point in time in the timeline. Yeah. And how they're pulling the wool over the universe's eyes in terms of their desire to uh, to become an empire and to you know conquer these planets and these galaxies under the guise of, oh, we're, we're helping. Um, it's, it's, it's great. It's a good read. Well, thanks for that, Dave. I appreciate that. And if you're not into reading a physical book, you know, Greg, there's another way that you can actually consume this content. Say what? Yep. There is. Say it with me. Audible.com. Is... Oh, we were on fight. We were just so in sync. All, <laughs> all of us were so in sync there. Yeah, man, weeks of rehearsals down the drain. Um, but audible.com is the prime source for audio content on the interwebs. And um, today, for you listeners of the Wretched Eye podcast, you can download a free audio book from audible.com. All you have to do is go to audibletrial.com forward slash hive again that's audibletrial.com forward slash h-i-v-e for your free audio book and I have a sample book it just so happens what a coincidence I have Leia Princess of Alderaan queued up here on the old audible.com check this out this is uh, written by Claudia Gray narrated by Saskia 
Ooh, I'm gonna butcher this. Saskia Marlavide. You may have already butchered it. That's tough. <laughs> uh, sorry, sorry, Saskia. Uh, I'm sure you do a great job here. Let's let's take a look at listen to her work. This is Leia, Princess of Alderaan, from Audible.com. Had sometimes had to fight their way to the throne room. It was meant to be a moment of strength and command. In other words, not a moment to prove you couldn't even show up on time. Alderaan's royal palace had been the work of more than a millennium. Their monarchy was one that dedicated itself to serving its people, so they'd never built high spires or commanding towers to dominate the landscape. So again, you can download this book for free right now. Just go to audibletrial.com forward slash hive to download your free audio book. Do it now. Don't make me come down there and beat your dumb millennial ass because I will. I've had a long f***ing week and I'm looking for... The Wretched Hive Podcast. No, it's a it it's a great read. I if you like Star Wars novels, I don't see how you would wouldn't like this book. But if you're not into Star Wars novels, then just not for you. Try to find the Zon books instead. <laughs> Why the hell are you listening to this podcast? Seriously. Well, you know, talking about the Zon books, um, <clears throat> there's another Thrawn book that's uh, that's coming out soon. It's called Thrawn Alliances. Um, says I'm reading here on again io9. Uh, dot gizmodo.com Thrawn Alliances is sending Darth Vader and Thrawn together on a mission and where are they going Scott? Where do you think they're going to go? Where would these two go together? I'm going to say Disneyland. You are correct uh-huh. sir. There. This is uh, this is Disney's way of using their media to introduce us to the planet that is being built, if you will, right now at Disneyland and in Orlando, Florida. Uh, according to, again, io9.gizmodo.com, Thrawn Alliances is sending Darth Vader and Thrawn to Disneyland, kind of. Uh, and this is a quote from the book. Uh, this is, let's see, this is Emperor Palpatine speaking. Oh, should I read this as Palpatine? No. <laughs> So be it. The disturbance is located at the edge of your unknown regions. It's pretty good. That's what she said. The Empire said. (laughs) The Emperor said. It appears to be centered on the planet named Batu. So Batu, B-A-T-U-U, is the planet that they are quote building unquote at Disneyland. And uh, you will get to visit Batu or a very reasonable facsimile of said planet yeah. uh, next spring when Disney's Galaxy's Edge, which is what they're calling Star Wars Land at Disneyland, opens up in the spring of 2019. A mere 12 months away. That's wild. From a full-size Millennium Falcon. A mere 12 months and three Park ticket incre- price increases yeah. away is my guess. <laughs> Twelve months and three thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know we're all going to pay it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if you guys hold out long enough, I'm just going to pay for you to go, so we can all. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
because we gotta go, Lisa, man. It's gonna be awesome. Lisa's never gonna get to go to any concerts with this plan. <laughs> no, talking about Disneyland. Um, <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Oh. So if we support your cause yes. of holding out, so you pay for us, right? That would be an entire year of Lisa not going to concerts. You know, that means I break even and get to go do stuff with you guys. <laughs> this is guys sounding better all the time. Guys, should we uh, support this cause? Oh my God. Should we help? Out I'm going to get in a lot of trouble if she listens. She doesn't listen. It's okay. Uh, we probably you. listen to this That'd episode. Be great. <laughs> There's a balance. Maybe Depeche Mode will play. <laughs> Ooh, Depeche Mode will play at Galaxy's Edge. Oh up. man, that would be. Like, that would be our worlds coming together for sure. Uh, back to Disneyland. So, guys, on you know, I mentioned on May third, you want to be at Timeless Pints. You definitely do. You got to be at Timeless Pints for Star Wars trivia. The podcast strikes back. We will be there, hosting Star Wars trivia that same night. Is yeah, those, those Star- fuckers is Star Wars night at Disneyland? What the? I know. Didn't they get the memo? If it wasn't, how could they? Plan that when we have trivia going on, guys. Well, and Bob Iger is going to be coming to Bob our Iger. event. That's Bob right. Bob Iger. That's right. Bob he, Iger. He is coming. Bob Iger. He is coming to our event. I don't know what happened there, but that was fantastic. That was awesome. uh, Bob Iger is coming to our event. So I don't know what they're going to do if Bob Iger Bob doesn't Iger. show Wait. up at Disneyland. I, I Are just... you telling me Bob's going to be at Timeless Bob Iger. <laughs> yes, he is. <laughs> So, anyway, um, he better not little, bring it down. Little, little glitch there. Sorry. He needs about to, that. He, I, I I don't know why, but I'm getting a total uh, Arrested Development in the Bob Blah Blah <laughs> <laughs> vibe coming on at that Bob Iger is what I'm getting. Did I just hear you say Bob Iger? Bob Iger. Um, Bob Iger. It's like one word, just Bob Iger. Bob Iger. Bob Iger. <laughs> so, uh, Star Wars Night at Disneyland is is going off on May third. Uh, this is according to OC Register. Down in your neck of the woods there, Greg. Um, Orange County Register, uh, 10 things to know about Star Wars Night at Disneyland. So, 10 fun things to know. So, number one, it's being held on November 3rd. Sorry, May 3rd. I wish it was November 3rd, then I could go. November 3rd, 1955. (laughs) Uh, May May 3rd. Uh, You have to buy a special ticket to get in. That's number two. It's 99 bucks. Wow. And I think you go in um, 9 p.m. So so 9 p.m. to 1 a.m. And it's $99. But you only get in for four for hours. For four hours. But I know. You pay the 99 bucks for the ticket. And then right. you stick your their hand up your ass like you're a Yoda puppet. <laughs> make sure you're not. <laughs> I'm freaked out already. I'm not going. That's called recycling the humor, if you didn't know. Uh, number three, yes, you can wear costumes. Ooh. Which they don't normally, which cool. they usually do not allow. Yeah. You usually can't do that. Except, as we've already discussed, I am sneaking my Han Solo costume in and taking a picture with the Falcon when it's there. Oh. So that's uh, number it's just f- clothes, man. It's just, it's just a vest and a shirt and pants. What do they, I mean, what do you Exactly. <laughs> and boots and a blaster. Uh, and a Wookiee walking with me. Um, Can you imagine the Disney employee that stops Steve and says, excuse me, sir, are those Carillion stripes on your pants? Or are you just glad to see me? Um. <laughs> Number four, this is this one cracks me up. You'll get a free lanyard, so you get a free "quote unquote" lanyard with your ninety nine dollar ticket. 
a plastic thing. How much does it cost Disney to make 50,000 lanyards, each lanyard? Seriously. <laughs> Three those cents? Are, those are, yeah. I was going to at most 10. Yeah. Seriously. Oh, my God. Uh, number five, the movie character Ray will be there. What? I'm in. Forget it. I can't do trivia. Whoa, whoa, whoa. The real Ray? We're talking Daisy Ridley is going to be there? Okay, reading again from orangecountyregister.com, OC Register. The movie character Ray will be there. Yes, you'll have the first chance to see the new Ray character at Star Wars Launch Bay. Son of a... So this is where you go to, you know, like, take a photo op with the characters and stuff. Oh, so So, it's... So, Scott, um, I don't know. I think it's been a while since you've been to Disneyland. Yeah. Uh, But... The, the old America Sings building, they've converted the old America Sings building to where the inside is all a bunch of these character meet and greets now. So they had a guy oh. for, for the longest time, they had Marvel characters in there. There was Thor was in there. There was oh, cool. you know, just a bunch. And so the past two years, it's been Star Wars characters. That's where Kylo Ren was in there. They had Chewbacca in there. So they're going to put a Ray in there. Yeah. Oh, okay. Right. And that actually, that area is really cool because they've got models uh, I don't know if they're detailed, if they're models that were used in the filming, but they look like they could be. They're just okay. highly, highly detailed props. Um, and then some interactive event, uh, what do you call it? Interactive things you can do. And then there's a, there's a, of course, a souvenir shop back there that you can buy exclusive stuff. Wait, are you telling me Disney made a souvenir shop? I got this phone case back there. Oh my God. Check this out. That's my name in Arabesh. Oh. There you go. I don't know if you can see that, you guys. It's the old, uh, it's a, a Macquarie piece with my name down there in Arabesh. Very nice. That was only $78. Oh, good kidding. God. Are, you, are you serious right no. now? <laughs> <laughs> no, it was 25 though. Oh. Phone case. Oh, I was going to say, I was going to say, aren't I, in all seriousness, I thought they were up around like 30 or 40 or something like uh, that. I think it was, case. I think uh, out the door was 30 bucks out the door. If, uh, if there uh, are people that pay 80 bucks for that, why <laughs> am I busting my ass at a real job? That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Uh, number six, this event is going to sell out. That's something else you need to know. Uh, number seven, ticket holders get their first peek at the new March of the First Order. Mm. So apparently this is a, uh, a, like sort of a parade, um, situation where Captain Phasma guides a squad of First Order stormtroopers through Tomorrowland. Looks sounds pretty cool. So, See, what would have been cool is if they number seven had been this event actually already sold out while you were reading this list. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm going to go out of order here to save the best for last. Uh, next one, there are security rules for costumes, so you can't. You're, it says you're not allowed to pose for pictures or sign autographs. Your outfit must be appropriate for a family park, not vulgar or violent. And cannot contain sharp objects. I wonder if they let you walk in with a blaster. I could Probably could not. could I wear the Han Solo with the with the blaster on my side? Mm, maybe because it feels weird to wear that costume without a blaster. Frankly, it's weird. It's <laughs> a weird statement. Uh, <laughs> there will be a galactic dance party. Woo! So Dave, I know you like the dance parties. Oh yeah. It actually not, not since the court order. It actually <laughs> says. Get ready to bust some moves. So there you go. Oh, thank you, you uh, Disney and eighties fans. OC that is a, that is a phrase I always think of when I watch a Star Wars movie. Is hey, <laughs> I wonder if these characters are going to bust some moves. There's a video. Have you seen the Florida Galactic Nights where they used to have a dance off with with uh, costume people? And there's a there's a Darth Vader that just like goes berserk. 
<laughs> it's so funny. And it's Vader like breakdancing and it's it's ridiculous. Oh, if Darth Vader's doing the worm, I'm there. <laughs> uh last one here. This is pretty cool. Get back on hyperspace mountain. So they're apparently they're reopening Space Mountain as Hyperspace Mountain, which is the coolest thing ever. I will say to have the John Williams soundtrack blasting in your ears as you're flying through Space Mountain. That's, that it's, is it's pretty yeah, bitching. It's pretty strong. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. yeah. So I want to go back to the security rules because you you, glanced, <laughs> you, you you glossed over that one. I just want to focus on this last sentence here. It says okay. adults age 14 and older cannot wear any masks, okay, except medical ones in parentheses there. Sure, if, you, if you're one of those crazy people who has to wear a, a medical mask everywhere you go. Right. Uh, and, but, that, but then this last part, as well as hats, transparent wings, <laughs> and tutus. <laughs> <laughs> you can't wear so, solid wings are okay but transparent wings no and, none of and, that and hats uh, everybody's got a fucking hat it's hot there you gotta protect your dome i got no hair these days man that's bizarre <laughs> and why what's the problem with the tutus you know, why tutus? are they dangerous that's it guys they, i'm out <laughs> they probably want you hang on they probably want to encourage you to buy a disney hat once you're inside the park uh, you're right yeah probably right about that you know, there's another sentence in here that says you're not allowed to pose for pictures or sign autographs. No. This is actually something I didn't realize was a big deal at parks until um, not this past <laughs> weekend, but the weekend before last. Ser- seriously, seriously. I went to Universal Studios with a group of friends, and these group of friends are all like a bunch of Harry Potter cosplayers. And there was a big Harry Potter um, cosplay meetup at Universal Studios. And everywhere this group went in the park, they were followed by university or universal uh, employees to make sure they weren't signing autographs. I mean, everywhere they went, they were followed, guys. It was weird. That's weird. Why? What's the big deal? Who cares? Uh, Well, it it was explained that they didn't want them possibly uh, um, giving the hint that they were employees at the park or if anything were to go sideways, you know. It's 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 all for liability purposes, and I get it, but it was really strange. Yeah. Hmm. That is so, interesting. Yeah, super big deal at theme parks not to be dressed up as one of their characters. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Uh, one one uh, story about movies that I I kind of moved on from the movies, but uh, I did want to mention, and I already closed the browser link, so I'm doing this from memory here, but um. There was an article, a couple articles about Ready Player One that actually comes out as the show mm. airs, yeah. right? Same day. Actually, Friday the 30th. We're recording this on Wednesday. It's debuting tonight. Okay. Yeah. Oh, on some it? screens, yeah. yeah. Okay, all right. Yeah. So, uh, contrary to early reports, Star Wars is referenced in Ready Player One. How could it not be? It's Spielberg. Right. But... Uh, Early early reports suggested that there was some problem with the the licensing, which I didn't get. But the 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 follow up to that, another article I read today that was saying there's tons of Star Trek references. There's a couple of Star Wars references, but there's a lot of visual nods to Trek, which I thought was really interesting. I find that weird because and perplexing, it's, frankly. It, it's Spielberg. And we already know that there are changes specifically made because it's, it's what is it, Universal that's putting this out? Um, Warner Brothers. 
Is it Warner Brothers? Yeah. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, there's a lot of connection with uh, Spielberg's past, his past movies, obviously with the DeLorean in there. The book has a lot of these pop culture references anyway, but the fact that Spielberg's tied into it, you know that those things are going to come hand in hand. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> much like Ryan Johnson holding our hand whenever he wants to talk to us about something. Mm, However. So true. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, oh, yeah, tell you Thank you, Ryan. Uh, no, uh, I, I I find that weird. Uh, most Spielberg kid-related films have a bunch of Star Wars stuff. I mean, E.T. is like one of the, the glaring ones where the action figures are there and and uh, Henry Thomas is talking about the characters' names and all that stuff. That, mm. You know, it's always there. I don't know. Yeah. So I'm excited for Ready Player One. Uh, Christine and I already have tickets to go see it Saturday at a matinee, and I am really jazzed for it. But I think it's there's an interesting there's an interesting parallel track between this and the other kind of great kind of nostalgia pop culture mashup movie that's been done in our lifetime, which was Who Framed Roger Rabbit, mm, where yeah. they gathered all the different animated characters from all the different production studios together to have them all in one place. Yeah. And that's it's an interesting story to me because that nineteen eighty eight movie directed by Bob Zemeckis was an Amblin Pictures production. It was executive produced by Steven Spielberg and Kathleen Kennedy yes. for Touchstone Pictures, a division of Disney. And mm. they accomplished a lot of the various rights, you know, sticky issues because Spielberg would call people up and say, Come on, Warners you know you want to lend us Bugs Bunny. You know you trust me. And Warners will say, yeah, it's Spielberg. It's okay. But a couple rules. He has to appear in a scene with Mickey Mouse. Mm. And Spielberg's like, yeah, I, I think I can make that happen for you. It's okay. It, I just find it absolutely fascinating that years later, he's now doing Ready Player One, which is a complete love letter to 80s pop culture. Like that novel is just drenched in yeah. pop culture references on every single frickin' page of the book, and it's I be- love it it's to death. It's beautiful. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Fantastic. It, it, and it, it, there's no deeper meaning in this story whatsoever. It's not some great literary accomplishment. It's just a pure love letter to the pop culture era that we all grew up in. And that Spielberg is now, again, the person who's kind of the, the mastermind, the, the trusted individual to go and get as much of this stuff together. And he... I've read some interviews where he talks about the things that they tried to get, but they just couldn't because the rights are too tied up over here or nobody would over there. And he even says he consciously stayed away from referencing his own works, even though they're very heavily referenced in the actual novel itself. Yeah. But he, mm-hmm. he just thought it was way too self-conscious to like put an E.T. reference into the movie. How do you make a movie about the 80s with no E.T. reference, though? I know. I know. I mean, that's uh, – you know – and it, I would have been fine with it. Well, we'll see. I can't wait to see the movie either. I'm totally geeked for it. Love the book. And I would have been fine with something yeah, like that. I read the book a long time ago, but refresh my memory. Isn't it also – like one of the big things we've been seeing in the trailer is the overuse of the DeLorean. And in the book, it wasn't used as highly as what we've it was seen. It was barely used. It was right. like a reference and an afterthought. The dude is flying around in a spaceship most of the movie, not the DeLorean. Right. He flies an X-Wing at some point. Right. Or he's got an X-wing at at, at his disposal. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. yeah. So that's yeah, that. yeah. He's that cool that the X-wing is just like in the garage with the other seven spaceships he owns. Right. <laughs> it's really what a cool concept. It's going to be great. Yeah. Can't wait to take the kids this weekend. It's going to be good. It's going to be a fun. It's going to be good. Yep. Uh, I think I'm the lone holdout on this movie. I mean, I like the yeah. book. 
the book the the book was good, but I think the book is so dependent on just pop culture references that if you're not of that era, I don't think it's appealing to people who like aren't fans of that. It's like we're the target audience, guys. It's, For sure, it's, it's yes. made. Us and I agree with what you're saying. Yeah, I kind of I, 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 I kind of cringe when Steve said he's taking his kids. Yeah, I I don't think it works outside of our group. You know what I mean? Well, it's funny because Josh, my 15 year old, read it and loved it. Did he? Yeah. Yes, and and but he's but grown he's up with me gamer. too, and he, so I'm I and he loves video games too. So yeah, yeah that's very true. Th- well, here's the catch, Greg. I, I agree with you. I totally do. We are the target audience for this, um, and I think that that that's great that you capture us in this. But you know, most of us at this age, at this point in our lives, have have kids or no, you know, have uh, siblings or somebody that has kids, uncles, aunts, all that stuff. But um, most of those kids have grown up knowing what we've talked about. You know, I mean, my son knows a lot about music because I played actual albums for him, and he knows how to use a record player. And we talk about 80s films. Those are 80s films that I played. The Goonies, my God, yeah. I can't even tell you how many times we watched The Goonies. Yeah. You know, Star Wars, obviously, and but all that stuff. Indiana Jones, I mean, these are all pop culture reference films that he, he knows, and he's 15 years old right now. So I he's... Yeah, absolutely, hundred percent into this. I mean, but it is a good point, though, Greg, because it's yeah. really we are the target audience for that movie, sure, not our kids. But I still yeah. think it's going to be entertaining as hell because it does weave in the whole gamer aspect of the Oasis and you know well, then, uh, all of the all of the high tech stuff that is uh, is actually kind of becoming reality. Yeah. in the wake of the book, you know, the whole idea of of having to be in physically in the game and act out a part in an entire two-hour movie and that's how you get past that level that is such a great idea i love that oh that's what's fascinating to me about the book is the actual story that's being told the references are fantastic Mm -hmm. that's that's icing on the cake for me but i think it has a great story a fun entertaining story which i'm excited to see guys a couple more stories here um we've got Mark Hamill all over the news this week, and I just pulled out a couple of key stories about Mark uh, that information that Mark has shared. Uh, he is just a national treasure. This man, he is Luke Skywalker in so many ways. And in this first story, he shared about um, filming Episode Four, how they had to reshoot a scene due to a character name change, where they had. Luke Starkiller in the yeah. original script. Yeah. When he bursts into Leia's prison cell, 2187. On uh, what is it? Cell block AA23? Yes. I think. He says, I'm Luke Skywalker. I'm here to rescue you. So the orig- originally he says, I'm Luke Starkiller. I'm here to rescue you. I want to see that clip. I think it's cool. I just love these little details that he's willing to share like that's awesome. Yeah. Good oh, yeah. Stuff. I, well, you've read the scripts, right? All the the early drafts. I'm aware of them, but I haven't read them. I'll have to I'll have to send you the copies. Yeah. I've got copies of them. So the other thing that Mark shared was in this the uh, Death Star trench scene. Uh and this is a little more complex, but he was um uh, when Luke cl- turns off his targeting computer 
in the original script, he did so because Biggs had died and he was putting his, his faith in himself to in honor of Biggs. And they, they completely redid that with Marsha Lucas's editing skills, who, by the way, of course, won an Oscar for editing the film, uh, and turned it into Ben telling him, you know, trust me. And he turns off his targeting computer. So it was completely re-edited by Marsha uh, Lucas, George Lucas's wife at the time. And uh, the story on comicbook.com provides the details behind the editing that took place there. So Mark Hamill sharing all this cool stuff. I just got to, we got to get him on the show. I think we can. You think so? Yeah. I'll talk, I'll talk to he, some people. He pretty much does anything. So yeah. yeah. What are you saying? I'm saying he's the king of all media, not Howard Stern. <laughs> nice. Uh, guys, we've got one more story here. And uh, this one was interesting. Now, Scott... And all the other ones were shit, so we're sorry you sat through them. Thank, thank God we finally made it to the creme de la creme here. Oh, yeah. Guys, uh, Russians have been in the news for quite a while. The Russians? Yeah, the Russians have... They something about some election thingy. I I don't know. I think I might have heard about it. Yeah. Not sure yet. I'll research it. If you watch Fox, you don't hear much about it. I'm, CNN, you hear more about it for some problem? reason. I don't know. I don't know why. But goddamn those buttery emails! I tell you. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but you know what? Uh, w- whether or not you believe the Russians are responsible for fixing the election or for influencing the 2016 presidential Fix- election, f- fixing or breaking it. <laughs> you you cannot deny that they unleashed a campaign to save General Hux. That's right. Star Wars director Ryan Johnson in the documentary that's Scott will never see apparently because he's not going to buy it. No one's going to play it for me. <laughs> uh, Ryan Johnson talks about how his Twitter feed got blown up by Russian bots. And the campaign they were pushing was to save General Hux. (laughs) Uh, This is, uh, let's see, Ryan Johnson says, uh, it's amazing. There's a coordinated effort by these Russian accounts. Hundreds of them, Johnson was cited as saying in the documentary that's slated for wide release this summer. Uh, The hashtag Hux lives (laughs) resurfaced uh, in the past 24 hours. Let's see. Uh, they're uh, designed to keep General Hux alive and targeted Ryan Johnson's Twitter account. Why the quote? Why the Russians? Why the Russian bots love Hux is clear now. They are way into authoritarian regimes, but at the time it appears to have been perplexing for Johnson and his collaborators. The the website reported so interesting story here and this by the way reported by the moscow times nice yeah very nice uh can anyone else see a connection between general hux and paul manafort i think i'm, I'm seeing something they, 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 they go about. to the same they go to the same barber that's for sure <laughs> it's the star wars tweet of the week really curious because everybody knows that twitter is a source of endless positivity you're gravely mistaken come to your senses well uh there are a few twitter accounts that are kind of funny sometimes (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> Greg, what do you find for us this week? Man, I am really, really happy that you uh, closed out a story there because I am back on Death Star PR again this week, guys, and it is some <laughs> good stuff going on. It says, uh, Crazy Obi-Wan trying to act like a tough guy. Actually, he is weak, both mentally and physically, and yet he threatens Vader for the second time with physical assault. He doesn't know Vader, but he would go down fast and hard, crying all the way. Don't threaten people, Obi. God. Oh, that was a great play. <laughs> well played, sir. The Death Star PR account's pretty strong. I think so. Pretty good stuff. I'm happy with it. Yeah. I follow it. The uh, the Twitter accounts have come alive lately. They're, I think they we hit a little lull for a while, and they're fired back up again. It's good stuff. Well, if you have ever been on the Death Star, call us and tell us all about it. You can call the Wretched Hive hotline at 562 562- Four five five four four eight three. That's five six two four five five hive. That's H I V E. In case you can't spell hive. Now you're talking. You can find us online. Our home at the web. On the web is uh, thewretchedhive.net. We post all of our show notes uh, online, so you can check out all the links we talk about are there. You can read the stories for yourselves if you don't believe us. They're there. Uh, you can find us on Facebook. That's facebook.com forward slash Wretched Hive Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Wretched Hive Pod. Soon you'll be able to download our app and we'll connect that app to all of our social media feeds. So have it all in one place. Coming soon. Hopefully in the next couple of weeks we'll get that finalized. Uh, if you haven't subscribed to the show yet, do us a favor. Go to iTunes. Subscribe to the show. Leave a review. Five stars, one star. We don't care. Any number of stars is fine. We just want to hear from you, listeners of the Wretched Hive podcast. Guys, episode 58 is in the books. Any final thoughts? 58, man. 58. Damn. I'm thinking about re... I'm thinking about renumbering the episodes to include the mini episodes because really we're on like episode 70, I don't know, something. Yeah. Yeah. Might be easier later on to find stuff. I don't know. I'm excited about these new uh, action figures coming out. I'm, 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 I'm pumped for it. New action figures? Yeah, they got a whole new uh, vintage series coming out Sweet. to look like the originals. It's going to be great. On the vintage cards too? Yeah. Nice. Oh, yeah. Guys, everyone have a wonderful week. We'll see you in two weeks. Uh, enjoy your Star Wars and may the force be with us all. <laughs> <laughs>